Hey Logo Geeks, it's Ian Padgett here. I'm back with another podcast that's created to help you make a living designing logos. This week I'm going to be discussing school branding with Craig Burton. But before we dive into that, I want to thank this week's sponsor, The Perfect Match, which is a game where designers submit mood boards created using Adobe Stock Assets. And if your mood board design is chosen, you will be featured on Adobe's monthly live streaming game show with other talented designers, art directors, and creatives where the winner goes home with $1,000. It's totally free to participate in the perfect match. And by simply submitting an entry, Adobe will give you a gift for your time. So to learn more about that and to enter, visit theperfectmatch.co forward slash logogeek. So if you're active in the Logo Geek Facebook group, you will most likely recognize this week's guest, Craig Burton. He kindly helps to moderate the community uh, where he's actively supported and helped so many people since the group first started. I feel he offers incredible advice. So I hope you'll agree with me that he deserves a big Thank you uh, from me and everyone in the community too. Seriously, Craig, your help is appreciated. Uh, You offer your time for free. So if you're listening now and he's helped you out in some way, go and say thank you to him. You know, go and send a a message and, uh, you know, make him feel loved because, you know, we all really appreciate his, his help and support. So I've been keen to get Craig on the show for a while now uh, because I know that he can offer us so much wisdom and advice, especially around the topic of niching down. I know throughout this podcast, uh, anytime I mention any form of niching, I tend to mention Craig because he focuses on designing brands for school and has his own business School Branding Matters. So in this interview, we're going to discuss how he first got into designing for schools, how he attracts clients, and we'll discuss if you should find a niche for yourself. Then we'll end the interview discussing his approach to marketing through social media and through his website and how he uses search engine optimization so that people can find him through search engines such as Google. So let's dive into this. Here is the interview with Craig Burton. You work in a niche and I've used you as an example throughout the podcast since I've started it because I think if anyone out there is niching and doing well, you're one of the best examples that tends to come in mind. So um, your niche is branding for schools. You have school branding matters. And it's this that I would really like to talk about on this podcast and we'll see where this conversation goes. But I'd like to start this by going back a little bit to prior to you creating School Branding Matters. So how did you originally get into graphic design for schools? Um, 
I, I originally worked for a design studio here in Christchurch, and I worked there for about six years. And then uh, my wife and I decided to have children, and I resigned from work initially to go home and look after our first child. Uh, and then from there, I, I started doing a little bit of freelance work part-time to fit in with all of that. And in 2007, 2008, there was the global financial crisis. And the little bit of work that I had sort of dried up quite a bit. Uh, so I wasn't really doing very much. And by that stage, my uh, children were at school. And um, one of my daughter's teachers uh, was creating these certificates at school. And they were Microsoft stick figure certificates. And I thought, oh, these are pretty, these are pretty average. Um, yeah, I could probably I can help imagine. them out. <laughs> yeah, I, could, I, could, I can help them do a better job of these. So I sort of started creating um, sort of certificates for uh, her teacher. And the principal at the school at the time saw what I was doing and thought, oh, well, that's, these are pretty cool. Um, so he called me into his office and asked me if I would like to help uh, him work on uh, refreshing and revitalizing the, uh, the the image of the school through things like their logo and uh, other bits and pieces around the brand identity and, and um, so sorry, sorry to interrupt that that initial thing that you did for them was that just for fun just for free you know just to help them yeah. out yeah, it was a it was a parent helping teacher, and um, oh, you're talking about with the certificates or with yeah, the other? yeah. So I, I was just being a parent and and just yeah. offering my, my skills, and and so then I I and I said yeah sure, and 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 so I started sort of helping out with the logo and at the school and and refreshing that, and then that moved into various other bits and pieces, and over the course of about eight to ten months, um, I built up this volume of work and I thought oh this is I, I really enjoyed working with the, the principal and working on the bits and pieces that I was working on and, and I thought well um, why don't I see if there's there are more skills out there that are in need of this type of work and so what I did is I, I put together a, a, a booklet and I went I started door knocking and uh, I got a lot of pushbacks um, and then eventually one day what happened uh, was I rang up one school and I got the PA, the, the personal assistant to the principal, and I said, look, I'd, I'd like to have a meeting with the principal to talk about uh, school branding and uh, some of the things that I think might be a benefit or use to the school. Uh, would it be okay? And she said yes. And... So we organised a meeting and, and I went into the meeting, I shook. Uh, uh, his name's Phil Harding and a lot of principals in New Zealand know Phil. Uh, he's, he's a well-loved guy. Um, and he, he called me into his office, big long table, and we sat down and I, and I went about presenting what I had and, um, and I showed him. He had a look at the booklet and I had one in front of me and we were talking through things. And, and he goes, um, look, when my PA organised a meeting with you, uh, and and this, these were his words. He said to her, you know, why the F did you do that? And, <laughs> <laughs> but, but having seen what you do, 
I really think this could benefit schools. So can you please send me an electronic copy of this and I'll send it out to uh, all the schools in the Canterbury region? Because unknown to me at the time, he was the, uh, the, the, the person in charge of the Canterbury Christchurch Principal School Association for sending out uh, material that might be useful to principals. And so, so I sent him an email of this uh, case study uh, and he sent it out to about 250 principals in the region. Wow. And, and it was as a result of that that, uh, you know, I started to get a little bit of work. Um, so that's kind of, you know, the beginnings of a business. But I didn't know kind of what I was doing at the time. I just wanted to try different things and see what happened. And so then that got me on an email journey, um, sending out different emails. And I, I would send out 20, 30, 50 at a time. Um, and, and in the early days of, of doing the business, that was really, really important because, as you know, you know with that volume and, 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 and also, you know, wording the email in a way that's, that will get people's attention is, uh, you know, you, you'll get some uh, prospective leads back um, as a result. So it was important in the early days uh, when you're starting to get known. And that's how I got sort of started on the journey of branding schools. That's amazing. It's um I wonder if you hadn't met that guy and and that receptionist hadn't put you in touch with him and if you didn't reach out and contact all those other people if you'd be in the position that you are now because it's kind of like you know you was looking for opportunities and that opportunity came along and opened up a whole load of doors for you. Yeah, uh, and I also think it's you know after I did that initial work I had almost this sort of um, light bulb moment um, when I realized that I really, really love doing what I'm doing, that I had uh, sort of this understanding of this is what I want to do for the rest of my uh, uh, working career, if you like, was, you know, as far as I know now uh, at that time. Um, yeah. and, and, and so I, I wasn't able to articulate it very well. But I knew inside me, I really love this. I had a reasonable idea of, or a little bit of an idea of um, what where I wanted to go with it. I didn't know all of the ins and outs of how to get there, uh, but I, I had this excitement and this energy and enthusiasm um, about what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. And I, I know you still absolutely love it today. Um, Say with the story... Uh, you've got to a point where you've decided that you want to focus on designing brands for schools. How did you then go about starting your business, uh, School Branding Matters? Yeah, so when I, after I decided that this is what I wanted to do, it was in a case of I, I, I wanted to have a name for the company. Uh, I didn't just want it to be me. I wanted it to be specifically you know, easy to understand, um, clear about what I was doing and and have a little bit of a, you know, a bit of play on words. Uh, and, and so I came up with the name um, School Branding Matters and it is quite wordy. It's 
probably not ideal, but I like the name because it's got a friendly vibe about it. Uh, it, it it's also got, with the word matters, it's a bit of a double entendre in that it's important um, and, you know, it's the thing I do. So it's got it's got that sort of double meaning about the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, the name took a little bit of time to come up with, uh, and then it was a case of of uh, articulating um, using the right language what I do. So the who, the what, the why, and the how of what I do, and then. The, the website that I have now, it's a little bit old. It probably needs, uh, you know, I, I do want to get around to refreshing my brand a little bit because it, it is starting to look a little bit tired, but that's another story. And it's, a, you know, it's like the the builder in his own house. You, you always struggle to get around to working on your yeah, own house. Yeah, so, don't worry. I understand. And I'm sure, you know, if there's any graphic designers yeah. out there, they, they know, you know, you, you get to a point with everything that you're doing you, you want to update it but it's it's not a simple task it's a big task it takes a lot yeah. of time and you you don't get paid for that you know that's uh you know you you kind of need to prioritize the stuff that makes money a lot of the time and you can't always dedicate time to updating your own stuff so don't worry i can totally understand yeah yeah so but but what my website does reflect and what my online presence does reflect and when i'm talking with uh, my clients and prospective clients it's it's a reflection of who i am as a as a uh, self-employed designer or you know branding person if you like uh and and i think that it's really important uh to understand who you are and how you work and um, and the types of clients that you'd like to work with, um, and and to reflect that in your own brand. Um, so for me, you know, I, I want I wanted my 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 business to be friendly. Uh, I, I wanted it to be professional, obviously, um, and I, I wanted it to showcase a lot of the uh, the types of things that. Uh, I, f- I feel schools want or need or desire or what have you. Mm-hmm. So what we've spoken about so far is how you got to this point where you really enjoyed working with schools and how you was able to build up that network and start to get more clients and and to create your own brand. But because, I, because I'm keen to talk about niching and I... I uh, there's been a lot of conversations around niching down. So I'd like to hear from your perspective, what was the benefit of you going from being a freelancer that did a bit of, you know, work that was just coming your way to being someone that was dedicated uh, towards creating graphic design or branding for schools? What what was the benefits for you? Yeah, so... Uh, we've already sort of talked about this to a certain extent, but it suited my lifestyle. So I think that um, if you are going to niche down or or if you are going to work as a self-employed designer in general, it needs to suit your lifestyle. Uh, So I I resigned from working. As I said, uh, I'd been there for six years. I've got two young daughters at home. 
uh, and, and then at school. And it was something that I could easily fit into what was my priority at the time when mm-hmm. they were at home. And then the school hours gave me more time to focus on work. And now with both of them having left home, uh, I you know work during the day is my main focus and I can easily scale it. Uh, and and so that that's that was one of the benefits. It suited my lifestyle. The other one uh, would be um, I could I, I can really really focus on the needs of one industry, if you like. Um, so, and if you think about it, there's lots of specialist businesses out there that are serving individual markets, um, and ours is no different. Uh, but. Uh, you know, I, I see online lots of talk about uh, niching, um, and uh, but you know, the design industry is one of many that that can have niches in it. Um, I think that the thing is, it's whether you enjoy it or not, uh, and there's a sufficient need, want, or desire in the market to create a thriving business from. Um, so I think that's. That's a benefit of of niching. What's another one? Um, when you do find it, or you know, when when you're working in a niche, I think when you are, it's because you want to be there, and it's because you love working in that area. So waking up every morning and, and heading into the office isn't a chore. Um, yeah. I, I I love what I do. So. Um, and that comes back to having a clear understanding of your business aims and goals as a reflection of working in whatever that market is. And for me, I, I, I understand my who, my what, my why, and my how when it comes to working with schools. Um, and and I, I articulate that as clearly as I can uh, to schools so they understand you know, why I'm doing what I'm doing. And and those things go beyond just the the you know the the, the money or the products uh, that has to do with with my my purpose for being in that market, uh, and and that comes back to my um, so I've got a, a motto, which is essentially my 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 mission statement if you like, and that's inspiring journeys in school branding. So that that is my uh, that, that's my why if you like. Uh, and that has to do with uh, inspiring school principals to go on a school branding journey with me so they get excited about their own brands and and also those schools having uh, have, having been on that journey with me, they become inspiring to other schools. So there's that double thing happening again. So it's not and, and actually, to be honest, you know, whether or not they go on that journey with me you know, doing whatever it is they want me to do is uh, is, is not important. Uh, the, the fact, like, like I, I will get work, you know, and I, and I hope I continue to get work. But the fact that, uh, that I've created or, I'm, you know, I'm working in this area, which is making or helping principals think about their own school brands a little bit uh, more um, that they'll go out and inquire of, of me or they'll go and uh, you know send ask another designer to or branding specialist to, to um, help them with their brands that's really what's important 
And uh, so that's my why. That's my bigger purpose. And I think that we all need to have an overarching purpose in order to understand why we do what we do. Yeah. You almost make it sound like you're not selling a product. You're, You're not selling graphic design. You're selling a transformation journey and you are the person that will facilitate that and you take like like you turn someone from being like a score from being like a caterpillar you know kind of ugly and clunky and and not quite sure the direction that they want to take to going through this like cocoon phase where you turn them into a butterfly like yeah like it sounds like you're you're taking them through a transformational journey and um like the 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 way that you were talking about it now, and I've never heard you talk about it in this way before, and I've known you for ages, but it sounds like you have a very genuine desire to go in and and help, and it's not really about the money; it's it's purely about helping them, and and you love what you do. That's how it comes across, and what you're saying. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's obviously I, I, I'm running a business, but uh, but but behind that business. Is, is is a passion and an excitement about what I do. And, and that passion and excitement, it, it's, it's never disappeared in the last 14 years that I've been working in the, in, in, you know, with schools. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's just gotten stronger. And, and that excitement comes from a solid foundation based on a clear understanding of what I'm, what I'm trying to achieve. Um, yeah. So... So uh, I I know who I am. So who am I? I'm, I'm school branding matters. Uh, what am I? I? I'm a school branding specialist consultant. Um, you know what do I do? Why do I do it? Um, to create inspiring brand journeys in school branding, and how do I do it? By creating tailor made branding solutions for schools that they want or need. You know th- those kind of simple things. But then when you start to explain those things to um, in my case, to principals, and I and and I talk about them, and and what they're wanting to do, um, it, it is exciting because it's all new. It's a it's 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 a new school. They've got a, their own uh, things that they want to address, um, and and they want uh, solutions for. And and when I start talking about uh, the whole journey, because it is a journey. It's it's an ongoing journey. It's 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 a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, it, it's exciting, and, uh, and and I do get excited about it. And and I think that as designers and, and and branding specialists, if you're excited about what you do, and you're able to talk about it uh, clearly uh, with your clients and with prospective clients, especially prospective clients for the first time, you'll get them excited. Uh, yeah. Because that energy and that enthusiasm rubs off on them, because you seem to know what you're talking about. Uh, so I think it's really, really important that you have a clear understanding of who you are in the first place. Yeah, I, I know. Any time I've got excited on uh, telephone calls or or Zoom calls with a client about how I can help them and about their business that's always gone down so incredibly well with them. And uh, usually, uh, you know, on calls like that, they tend to go ahead. So, um, yeah, I, I, I agree with that that advice as well. Um, so anyway, uh, one big question I do have for you, would you recommend 
that young designers or, or new designers find a niche like you have? Not really. I think that, you know, we talk about niches uh, like online. A lot of people talk about them finding you or you finding a niche or what, what have you. Um, and I think speci- specialization or niching comes as a result of understanding, firstly, the fundamentals of design and branding. And so I would probably recommend young designers stay as generalist as possible for as long as possible until they have a good understanding of who they are in the industry and the types of clients they enjoy serving. So, you know, and, I, and that goes right back to, to when they when they're training, if they're in a in an institution, so for example, my daughter is training in in, in, in design, and she's not too sure uh, which direction she wants to go. And I've just said to her, "Look, stay as broad as possible for as long as possible." So, so then that will help you get get clarity uh, around what you'd like to do and the types of clients that you enjoy serving is a key ingredient when it comes to niching. So if you don't enjoy dealing with the types of clients in the industry you decide to specialise in, then what's the point kind of thing? So um, I'd say that niching comes as a result of putting in the hard work um, and keeping as wide a view of business opportunities as possible. So the doors at the edge of our view are often the doors that lead to those exciting possibilities, if that makes sense. And having a having a wide peripheral view of life and trying those new doors. And, and it's as a result of going through those doors that you might find something that you really enjoy and want to specialise in. I interrupt this interview for a short message from the sponsor of this episode, The Perfect Match, a game where designers submit mood boards created with Adobe stock assets and earn your chance to play on a game show to win big. As designers, we pitch good vibes and great ideas through visuals all day, every day. But how well does our design communicate? Do clients and higher-ups really understand the work we put in front of them? Well, let's find out. Test your skills by assembling a brand-inspired mood board with Adobe stock images to the perfect match. And if your skillful product is chosen, you will be featured on Adobe's monthly live streaming game show with other groovy designers, art directors, and creatives where the winner goes home with $1,000. It's free to participate in the perfect match. And if you submit an entry, Adobe will give you a gift for your time. To take part and to learn more, visit theperfectmatch.co forward slash logo geek. That's theperfectmatch.co forward slash logo geek. So now let's get back to the interview. I wouldn't mind talking a little bit about how you go about getting clients because I'm I'm really surprised we've already been speaking for about 25 minutes or so and it's this is one area that I would like to go into because I know it's something that you're really good at and that's marketing and networking and all of that stuff so you decided that scores was going to be your focus and you kind of answered this question but I'm going to ask it anyway how do you approach getting clients running a business that's specifically targeting a specific niche? So when you're first starting out in, in business, 
it's really important that the number one priority is to get known, to get your name out there. Uh, and as I said, when I first started doing this, I had no idea how to get my name out there. So I, I, I had that case study, the, that one single case study in a booklet, and I went door knocking. And, you know, I lucked in. I, I managed to get a meeting with a person that would, would help me get more clients. And I'm, I appreciate everything he's done for me uh, to this day. Uh, uh, but, but then as you start to get known, then, it, then it's, you know, word of mouth obviously takes over. So if you do a good job for one client, then they'll recommend you to another one. Um, so obviously word of mouth. And, you know, many of your, the people that you've interviewed, the designers you've interviewed, talk, talk about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just focusing on word of mouth, so being a generalist graphic designer, when I say generalist, I mean working with anyone and, and I fall into that category. When it comes down to scores, I feel like word of mouth, you know, within a niche, it feels like word of mouth has more power because people in school know other people in schools. So do you, do you feel that's a, a benefit of niching down right away is that that word of mouth referrals is more like has more substance because people in schools speak with other people in schools? Possibly. Um, it depends what. So I work in the public school market in, in, in New Zealand as opposed to a private school market. Right. Uh, so the difference being it's not so competition focused. Uh, because you have zones with schools, uh, uh, etc. Um, uh, you know, one private school not trying to um, compete with another private school. So, so principals will talk to each other uh, a, a lot more because they, they support each other a lot more in in the public school arena. Uh, I I think. I, although, let me re- rephrase that. You know, I. I the, in the private school market, yes, they will. What I'm talking about, I guess, is more the uh, the 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 area of of competition and the the type of school branding that you're, you're doing in in the public versus the private school market. Um, so yes, they do talk to each other, um, and there's a lot of word of mouth in that way. Whether that's um, uh, person to person or it's online. Uh, they right. talk to each other. Uh, so, yeah, so there's that. But as time went on and I, I, I needed to sort out my website and I had a website before the website I have now, which uh, which a friend of mine, you, and we, we both know Deb, she helped me with and her husband helped me with uh, develop my first website, which was really good. But I wanted to have, uh, and that was a, initially really awesome but then I wanted to have more the ability to be able to control it a little bit more and and add you know more work to more easily and 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 that sort of thing uh so then I I had a friend help me uh, uh build my current website uh and so the the website has um certainly helped as a result of of Google search um, and and that sort of thing. Uh, that's certainly helped me get more clients. Um, and then, obviously, uh, social media marketing. And I don't do a lot, uh, but I 
do when I when I do work, I I put it out there to show uh, potential clients, principals, uh, my style, the, the the current work that I've been working on, uh, and uh, and I'm I'm constantly or well, regularly updating them with 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 uh, new things that I'm 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 looking at um, because I, I I try not to stay in one position I'm, I'm i'm always looking at ways that i can i can help skills uh and and so there are there are new products that i'm i'm putting out there to sort of uh see if those are of benefit so how how are you promoting those via social media is is there a particular platform that you're using to to reach the right people um so i've i've slowly but surely built up a a um a, a LinkedIn network of of people and uh, that that are in the school industry. Um, I don't generally, although I, I I have connected with a number of friends that that are designers or branding specialists on LinkedIn and other places. I when it comes to business, I, I generally connect with my audience. Uh, yeah, and. And as opposed to just everybody. Yeah, I, th- I think, again, that's one of the benefits of niching down. Like, you know that you need to uh, be connecting with and networking uh, with and communicating with people within schools and with, within education. Yeah, so, so, so that's what I've done on um, social media, on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram. But I don't do a lot in those places, uh, but I do um, keep them up to date. And just, you know, once again, it's that, uh, you know, putting work out there to show that that I'm here, I'm here for uh, my, my school clients and uh, other potential principal clients if they'd like to use me. Um, and these are the types of things that I do. And, um, and, and I think that, you know, I don't focus on the likes on my, my posts. I just put it out because I know that people will see it. And that's all that really matters to me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, um, something that, that you're making me think about is, uh, anyone that's interested in social media. And I know a lot of, gra- most graphic designers generally are, uh, if you learn how to use the platforms properly, there's these whole methods and techniques for like hacking your audience and, and growing it and being aggressive with numbers. I've gone down, down that route in, in the past, like with, with Twitter, I followed all of these um, like models for like hacking the growth of your audience and getting like, like um, you know, tens of thousands of followers. But the, the reality of that is it takes a lot of work and actually, how much does it genuinely really benefit you? Like I, I spent, you know, years building up an audience, but does it actually make money? I mean, I, I can debate it, it. It has to some degree, but actually what you've been able to demonstrate is that by choosing a, a niche, you can gradually network with people and you don't need to worry about aggressively growing that because you've you you can do that gradually and and those people that get to know you that are in schools they will 
probably recommend you and and uh, pass the font so even though you don't post much when you do it probably has a lot more weight than someone just posting daily because when you post it's it's a reminder it's like oh yeah Craig does school branding and like I said you know anytime I think of someone that works in, in a niche I always think of you and you don't really like aggressively market and promote on social media and that's always something that I think graphic designers struggle with because it takes a lot of time. But yeah, you kind of demonstrated that you can gradually build a network and you can just post stuff as and when you feel it's appropriate to do so. And you get clients in that way. And and you're not chasing numbers. You're not chasing, you know, some crazy figure on social media. You are just continually networking and and continually trying to help and support the people that you've already got to know and i think that's a really good way of doing it well i think it's really important to remember that i've been doing this for 14 years and so for um you know a number of the listeners uh uh you know that listen to your podcasts uh many of them are uh, just new to uh, working for themselves uh, yeah. or or perhaps starting uh, niching in an area or, or what have you, it takes a long time. You know, and I, I talk about in the Logo Geek community uh, when sometimes when these questions come up, I talk about how it takes around sort of three to five years to really sort of start to get going in your business. And so it's important to um, be in it for the long game. So um, knowing that, okay, it's, you, you've got to work really, really hard and I've worked really hard to build up recognition among schools, uh, particularly like a, around New Zealand. Uh, and, and that's over a long period of time. Um, and so uh, in the beginning, it's, it's never easy. But as time goes on and as you continue to evolve and understand the nature of the industry that you're working in, understand uh, keeping up to date with with uh, the types of uh, things that they might be interested in, because those things change too, um, then uh, you will see growth. You know, and just keep doing a good job, just keeping your head down, keeping working hard. Uh, keeping, um, you know, you know, being being really professional, offering a really professional service, doing all of the, you know, the little things right, and then over time, it, it your your business uh, uh, changes from you, you know, going out and pushing to um, just you know getting inquiries, as opposed to being able to, you know. Or, or hefting to, if you like, um, uh, send out emails all the time, or send or posting online, or or whatever. That's how I look at it. Anyway, I know that a lot of other people might look at it differently, but I, I've I've never been overly aggressive on social media when it comes to marketing. I've um, I I think also it reflects my personality because I'm pretty laid back. You know, I I think if if you're going to connect with people, understand the the types of people that you you want to connect with. So, uh, because not every client is going to suit you and your personality and how you work. 
Um, so, so I think it's it's important to understand you first and your nature, and then develop a brand that reflects that. That then attracts, hopefully, the the right kinds of clients to your business. Mm-hmm. I think something that I I want to mention is uh, you've spoken here about how you use social media and. To some degree, both of us collectively are saying that the whole aggressive approach is, you know, not the best way. But I, what I feel is worth making clear, there's not really a right or wrong way of doing this. Yeah, like there's people out there like um, uh, James Martin, who is really aggressive on Instagram, but he's able to make a real success of that. And he enjoys making that content and he enjoys building up that community. And that that works really well for him. You have created an entirely um, different business model where you're not using social media in that way, but you're incredibly successful in in what you're doing. And that's one of the reasons why I want to do this podcast and and everything that I'm currently building, because there's books out there that will teach you how to do logo design. And it almost feels like there's a step-by-step model that you're supposed to take. But actually, there's no one set way of of doing any of this. There are different ways of doing it. Obviously, there's shared similarities between everyone's story that I've been interviewing. But hopefully to listeners, people, um, in particular people that are just starting out, they can listen and think, oh, it's okay to do it that way. Or I don't have to be, you know, posting on social media all, all the time. Or, you know, you can you can approach it in your own way. And I think that's why it's good to uh, speak to different people and get different perspectives because, you know, whatever your personality, you can make a success of this in your own unique way. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that comes back to um, what I was saying about, uh, you know, working out who you are and, and how you want to do things. Because if you, if you don't, then you're not going to enjoy um, doing what you do. Yeah. Uh, and, and everybody's different. And that's what makes life so colourful. Okay, so um, you mentioned earlier on about your website, about SEO. And I know this is something that you're really clued up on and we've had conversations about this. So I think for the last sort of 15 minutes, or we'll see how long it takes, we might be able to get through it quicker. Um, it'd be good to share some of those tips as to what you did on your website to optimise it so that people... Uh, found you can you share some of those seo tips that you um applied <laughs> well I'm, I'm not a i'm not a web expert uh, it, it's sort of optimized uh but you know as i said i've had people um create the basis of my websites for me and then i've uh you know and do do a little bit of the initial um seo stuff yeah, so am I right? You you basically hired someone to do that for you. Yeah, yeah. So um, and um, and then I knew enough stuff in the background to cause trouble. Um, <laughs> so so um, um, so I you know I, I I forget all the terms, but you know uh, understanding about meta tags and 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 slugs and alt text for images and. And a lot of that back-end stuff that is really important, you know, in helping Google scrape your site. Yeah. Uh, and and then just creating a presence in search by writing about the type of things I do, I, I, I work on for schools. 
Yeah, um, yeah. I just want to quickly pause you because yeah. you spoke about some terms then. So you said metadata, slugs. People might are probably thinking, what the hell is that? So I, I want to just quickly pause. So a slug, what that refers to is, you know, when you see a website domain, um, so like logogeek.com forward slash, and then you get like, um, like logo dash blog or something like that, that little extra bit after the slash that's the slug and in terms of metadata there are uh title tags uh a meta description and meta tags but meta tags isn't so relevant now a meta title is what you see within the tab of your browser but also that's the the header on google and then the the meta description that's the piece of text that you will see on Google um, alongside that. And uh, when you go on someone's website, you don't see that. That's just hidden in the code, but Google can see that and it helps to optimize. So sorry, Craig, I'll let you carry on. I just wanted to make sure that people oh, know yeah, yeah. that it and wasn't then, just random words. <laughs> and then and then the alt, like titling your images correctly. So then um, they, they can be found. And, and that's to do with, um, you know, you call them by a title as if it was a blind person. Is yeah, right? yeah. And and again, sorry to pause. Uh, um, alt, when we talk about alt text, it's short for alternative text. Is that right? Is it alternative text? I think it's alternative text, alt text. Mm. Um, and basically, you know, when you hover over an image and it gives you a piece of text, that's what alt text is. And that's their, um, it gives a description for Google. So Google can... Uh, understand the context of the image but also it's good for people that are uh uh blind you know have not blind you know have uh difficulties uh mm. seeing it can help them to understand the what the image is of yeah and, and and then i think it's just about uh you know writing like i think with a uh many designers uh, you know because it's all about the image we tend to put up a lot of images and, and, and very little in the way of writing. But I think that, that it's it's really important to have a nice balance of, of, of content, written content and images. Yeah. Uh, and and so then Google gets a clear picture of, of the type of business that you are and what you're really into and and can then, you know, when somebody's putting a putting a search term in there, they uh, then uh, they then Google can recommend that. That and and of course you've got local search. So uh, so of course you know somebody searching in New Zealand is going to find uh, different companies than to mine uh, different companies here uh, than say um, you know if they put in the same sort of search terms in in, in London yeah or wherever. So so it's 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 important to recognise where you are too and you know, who, who you want to be found by. So, yeah, I, I, it, I sort of optimise, but I'm not an expert by any means. Yeah, yeah. I, I learned a lot in my, um, uh, in, in a previous job, because uh, I, uh, I was with that company for a long time and there was a period of time where I was literally in the seat next to the um, SEO online people and also you know you, you make friends with these people you know you end up going to lunch with them and you end up having nerdy conversations about optimizing the the uh, website so I mean I can I can add some stuff to that like uh, one of the big things is 
links within your website. So if you are writing like a blog post and and you mention a piece of content, link to it. So if, if you can link to another blog post, that's beneficial. If you can link to another piece of content, that's all beneficial. Um, but then with links, uh, something that's really important. So if you if you get like um, a research paper, like in in real life or a book, it's usually got references. So if somebody's made a quote um, or they've mentioned a fact, how do you know that that fact has substance? There's usually, you know, a little number, you go to the back and it's got some uh, references to the book that that quote came from or, you know, article or whatever. That same thing is online. So online, if you write something and you provide some information or you reference something, there's if there's no link to any other resource, Google might have doubt that that has any credibility. So something that they like to see is links to external sources. So if mm. you're writing about a specific topic, don't feel that you need to like never link to any competitors or any other inf information. Google likes that. They like links going out of your website as well as inside. But then they also li like links coming back to you as well. So um, something I've always liked to do is what's called backlink build or link building. <laughs> so mm. say if you was to um, Google, Google prefers it when it's natural, but you can uh, manually do it in, in some way by doing guest blog posts for other websites. And if it's relevant and authoritative, so in your case, if that's score websites, that would probably be really authoritative for you because it's relevant and all uh, relevant and authoritative to what you do. So if you can get links from like graphic design sites and school websites, in your case, that's going to be really good. Or in my case, if I can get links from other websites that are about logo design and graphic design and branding, that benefits me as well. So, um, you know, so like being a guest on someone else's podcast that's about graphic design they generally put a link you know that that's a link that that helps to boost my presence online um also you can do guest blog posts so in your case it might be beneficial to find some information-based websites that are about scores and you becoming like some kind of ambassador for them and they inviting you into write articles and then you can get links on each each of those articles and that will all add to your authority online so the more authoritative those links and and the 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 bigger you build things the your bubble online just continually grows and that's that's how you start to get these higher ranking positions on google um and then there's like schema data there's loads of stuff so you know you can it, it's a bit of a rabbit hole and uh uh, you know, you can go really far into it, but just doing the basics that you've spoken about, just getting the metadata right, just writing actual content rather than just posting images, mm. just basics like that. I found that just makes a, a, such a difference. Mm. Yep, definitely. So something else I wanted to ask you, I read an interview that you did with someone else. I think it was with our mutual friend, Chris Green. You mentioned that you say to clients, let me earn your trust. And you also talk about every client to treat them as your only client. So when you, when you ask them to earn your trust, how are you doing that? How are you, 
how are you making them earn your trust in order for them to work with you? So, so quite often uh, when I get, get inquiries from prospective clients, they've already uh, looked at my website, they've you know, talked to another principal who's worked with me, they're quite excited about working with me. Um, and so uh, they, and they want lots and lots of different bits and pieces. So what I try to do is I say, well, okay, let me earn your trust by doing a really good job on, on the first bit. So, so in a way I'm saying, I, you know, you've got, I've got lots of confidence in my ability to produce the, a logo, for example, or some 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 values-based branding that I do a lot of work on with schools and and, and what have you. Um, and I say, look, let me let me do a really good job on this first part because I you know I want to uh, I want to earn your trust uh, and and so that I can then uh, uh, you know we can then together work on the next bits. Uh, because there are so many components, let's let's start at the beginning. Do this bit first. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I want to. I want you to be really, really happy about that, and then we'll move on to the next part. Uh, yeah, that, that's a really nice way of doing it. Because basically, what you're um, saying is that you're there for them for the long run, but what you want to do is prove you're yeah. good enough and and that you're. Um, you know, the, the, the chemistry b- between you is great. And then if they're then happy after that first thing, that's when they can like commit and go all into other stuff. Yeah. It's a nice way of, of, of doing well, it. Well, I just, I, I, you know, I, I'm really, really, um, really, really want to nurture um, you know, relationships that I have with, with school principals. And, uh, and, and by doing that, uh, I, you know, I want to start off on the right foot, so to speak. And, and, and and do a really good job for them for the first bit and then and 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 that starts the relationship off really really well and then we move on to the next components and and I think that if you 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 know you 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 look after those 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 aspects of your business i.e. you know treating every client um, as if they were your only client uh, that you know that that sort of you know, I, I think to myself when I when I look at each client individually and uniquely, um, that kind of keeps me a little bit humble. You know, I I, I, I keep my head yeah. down. I don't get ahead of myself. Um, I, I I look at what they need. I I focus on them specifically for this period of time. I do a really good job of 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 that for them. Um, but but. Um, Unknown to them, I'm also working on half a dozen. Well, they, they probably realise that I'm working on, you know, half a dozen other projects at, at the time, and I'm and, I, and I'm juggling things throughout the month and year and and and, and what have you. Uh, but but I think that, you know, you 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 earn their trust by doing a a, a really good job, and and that is that starts that trust starts with that very first project. Because if you don't get past that first project, then, you know, that's that. So just focus on the first project and then we'll look at all those other things down the, down the line. And, and you're just nurturing that relationship and that, that trust and, that, and, you know, and there's that mutual respect 
um, and that professionalism and and the service uh, that goes with that. Yeah, I can I can really hear it with everything that you said throughout this um, whole interview that you um, obviously really know what you're doing with with scores. You've been doing this for a long time. Um, you take each client relationship seriously. You you aim to build that trust, and you know I, I think if if anyone gets anything from this interview, it's that continuous building of relationships and that's something that you're really good at and I think that's why uh you know here today you are successful because I, I know we've we've known each other uh, a long time now we we have a lot of conversations uh you offer really incredible advice to so many people out there so yeah you clearly you clearly know what you're doing and uh yeah I, I think this conversation has been great you know we, we just got to the hour mark and uh yeah i think this has been an absolutely fantastic interview so uh craig thank you so much for sharing so much uh with us i i know we could uh keep going i've got uh, another ten thousand questions i could ask but we'll save that for another day um but yeah thank you so much for craig for coming on it's been it's been really good to finally sit down and and do an interview with you (laughs) no worries ian thanks for having me and uh yeah i've really enjoyed it too Thank you so much, Craig, for coming on the show. Uh, Hopefully this will have inspired lots of people. So if you want to learn more about Craig Burton, head to his website, scorebrandingmatters.co.nz. For links to his social profiles and a transcription of this interview, check out the show notes for this episode, which you can find by heading to locogeek.uk forward slash 120. And don't forget to go and check out the sponsor, The Perfect Match, and start working on your meeball design for a chance to win $1,000. Again, to find that, just head to theperfectmatch.co forward slash logogeek. So that's it for this week, but I'll be back the same time next week for another exciting episode of the Logo Geek Podcast. <laughs>